Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Rashini Rajkumar with you. Actually, this morning we've got, it's a new month, it's a new day, it's a new season for Healthy Matters and Dr. David Hilden. I'm so excited to be joining you, Dr. Hilden, on this epic show, really. I've been a fan for more than a decade that you've been on WCCO Radio. Good morning, Rashini. It's great to have you with us this morning. Well, thank so you. We, we are we are indeed starting a new show today, and I just am thrilled that you're you're joining me on the show this morning. Just a word to our listeners: many of you are used to uh, the the melodic voice of Denny Long uh, uh, on in the mornings, and well, Den, we've done a few changes to the show. Denny is uh, is going to sleep in on Sunday mornings, and uh, for a guy who uh, who's been used to getting up pretty early and dealing with me and all of our health questions in the morning, it's well. It's well-deserved. You know, we started this show um, in 2009, uh, and I remember walking into the stations of WCCO, and Denny was one of the first guys I met. And, well, he was probably the first guy I met. And so uh, that was 12 years ago and over 600 shows ago. But we're going to make some changes now, and um, Denny still still can be heard on Saturday mornings on WCCO, but we're gonna he's going to take Sunday mornings off. And, and so just a shout-out to Denny. Um, he has been a great partner for me over over these 12 years, and I learned a lot about radio. Well, I learned everything I know about radio broadcasting pretty much from Denny. So um, uh, best wishes to him, uh, my, my brother and friend. Uh, and, but really excited that you're going to be joining us, Rashini. And um, many listeners have been listening to Rashini's show later on Sunday mornings and, and can continue to do that um, uh, on Sunday mornings right after uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. So we are still yes. going to talk to you about your health care, and we're still going to listen to all of your questions this morning, and we'll have a great conversation this morning. Absolutely. And Dr. Hilden, like I said, I've been a fan of you and Denny together. I have some big vocal cords to fill. Let's put it that way. Joining you now Sundays from 7 to 8 a.m. And I hope your faithful listeners stay with us because we have so much good health information to share. Dr. Hilden, always so good at keeping things real, which I love to say as the host of Real Talk with Rashini on Sundays. But what I when I listen each morning on Sunday mornings, especially on these open line shows, which today is, by the way, folks, you can call and text us 651-989-9226. 
all of your medical questions, Dr. Hilden is here to answer and field and put you in a better position than you were before you asked the question. So I'm really excited about it. Today is open phones. And as always, you just do such a nice job of making it real, making it conversational. And what is that about you, Dr. Hilden, that you just don't talk in that normal medical speak that we hear a lot of physicians speak in? Yeah, you know, I get a little annoyed with that medical speak. And, you know, medical school is essentially a learning a new language. And being a doctor is learning this new language because it is, we need to be precise with other medical professionals. We need to use all of the terminology and the science with each other because that's how we can best care for people. But the best doctors aren't always the ones who got them all right on the test and who can spout out all the biggest words in the world. The, the better ones, the colleagues that I most appreciate, are those that can explain things to um, patients and that can relate to people. And so that's what we try to do on this show. Um, I, I don't know how many thousands or tens of thousands of people we've talked to um, about their about whatever's on your mind about medicine and trying to make it a little bit, uh, well, a little bit lighthearted, a little bit something that we can um, all relate to. Because let's face it, we're all going to get some medical problem at some point. So we might as well talk about it openly and honestly in in non-biased way. And I try to do that on the show. Well, you're very good at it. Uh, Rashini Rajkumar with Dr. Hilden. We're with you all. Our phone lines are open. We're already getting some texts coming in. 651-989-9226. We would love to take your calls this morning and your texts. Before we go to break, Dr. Hilden, let's try to get this quick COVID question in, in this listener's words. I ran into a friend at the store, both masked and socially distanced. She indicated she had had the virus and gotten over it. However, her husband had contracted it and had just uh, the night before been taken into the hospital. Was she a carrier at that point? And how much do I have to worry about having been exposed? Should I get tested after a few days? Yeah, that is a great question to that listener. And it's all about the exposure and who you've been in contact with and and. I would, for the, the, the last part of this one is yes, I would get tested after four, five, six days. The best time to get tested after you think you've been exposed to someone with coronavirus. And and, and this, that's what this texture is. This seems like a high risk exposure because you knew you were with somebody who was known to have it. What we tell folks to do in that case is to stay home. Don't expose other people. For heaven's sakes, do wear your mask. And then in about five or six or seven days, get tested yourself. One of the problems with getting tested too soon is that the virus might not have uh, multiplied enough in your system and, and it might not get picked up. So we usually tell people to wait for about five or six days. And that's what I'd recommend for this texter. As for the the, the fact that this person had a mask on, that is good. And so... That social distancing, the masking, what that does is it reduces the risk dramatically. It yeah, let me make let me zero. follow up on that. So she's saying it looks like both she and her husband or this friend was also masked. So does that lower some of the risks to this texture? It does indeed. And 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 if if the texture, if the person making the call is actually two people removed from the exposure 
then it becomes a much, much, much lower risk. So it's sort of like degrees of separation, you know, how many degrees of separation are you? If you were the one in a room with somebody with COVID, then you are the first person, you're the, the direct exposure, uh, that's a higher risk. If, it, if you were only exposed to someone who else was exposed, then it becomes a little bit lower risk as well. And the fact that everybody had a mask on is makes it lower. I would still recommend this person get a test though. If, if you have any exposure risk, the tests are easy. We have enough of them. They're available all over. I would get a te- I would get a test. And isn't that amazing too? Now you can say the tests are there. They're readily available. So that has also been a big change uh, over the last several months. Huge change. When we were back in March and April, uh, we were. It was hard. It was hard to get a test. We didn't even have nasal swabs. We didn't have. We didn't have the little test tube extraction kits for the lab. Whereas now. We're turning around lab tests often same day, you almost always by the next day. And and testing has expanded a great deal. We have the, the gold standard, the, the one where they put a six-inch Q-tip up your nose. It's not fun. <laughs> not pretty. <laughs> it's not fun. I've had it done once, and it was a long 10 seconds. They put it up there for 10 seconds, and they twirl it around. But it's safe. It's just uncomfortable. That's the gold standard. We also have nasal swabs that are less invasive where saliva tests are coming now as well. And, and so by the way, thanks options. for that morning, that Sunday morning visual. Um, oh. <laughs> he, he is Dr. David Hilden uh, from, from Hennepin Healthcare. He is answering your questions today on our Healthy Matters open line show. The number for the phone and the text line, 651-989-9226. Rashini Rajkumar in the number two chair with him this morning. And uh, we have to take a quick break, but we'll be with you all hour. We are back with October 4th edition of Healthy Matters. Rashini Rajkumar with you along with your host, Dr. David Hilden. And the phone lines are open, folks. We have so many calls and texts coming in. We will get to all of the calls for sure. That is the promise, Dr. Hilden. We are all making, right. <laughs> we're going on record right now. The number to remind you is 651-989-9226. Let's go to Tom in North Branch. Hi, Tom. Yeah, good morning. I have a totally uh, uh, off-the-wall question here. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we have some friends whose daughter is pregnant, and uh, she enjoys her, you know, as they'll say, alcohol, and uh, she's uh, definitely uh, stopped the drinking during the pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. But uh, she's talking about afterwards. She's nursing. Uh, what do I'm, uh, Women nursing... After a after a pregnancy, after the birth of the child, uh, as far as drinking alcohol, in, in, compared to nursing on while drinking alcohol, what is your what is your opinion? Great question, Tom, and uh, thank you for your call and for your question. So, with the caveat that I uh, I'm an internal medicine doctor uh, and don't do a whole lot with uh, babies and the like. I, that's always a caveat. So, uh, um, take that with a grain of salt. The, I, I'm glad, or it's at least a wise move, to reduce your alcohol use during pregnancy. The, there is no known amount of alcohol that is safe during pregnancy. No known amount. That being the case, um, it is it possible that small amounts are are, are not going to uh, not going to harm things. But that's that's a good good thing to remember. No known amount of alcohol is safe during pregnancy. During breastfeeding is a different story, though, because the reasons for 
the alcohol restrictions during pregnancy are on the development of the organs and the neurologic systems, which happen very early in the pregnancy. After after the baby's born, clearly that's not a problem. I, I remember this, and she's probably listening. My own mother, I think it was, that said that, you know, you have a beer and it helps the milk come in or something like that. Uh, it is probably safe to have a very limited amount of alcohol uh, while you're breastfeeding. But again, the the the, the recommendation is that you limit um, the amount of alcohol drink to just a moderate amount, and that would be just one per day for a woman and two for a man. But for a breastfeeding woman, I would take that also very conservatively. I would I would limit it to just a very small amount. But the safety is considerably higher than it would be during pregnancy. Do- Dr. Hilden, I'm going to... use would not be good. I'm going to add in here, it is very rare that I could ever add anything medically to what Dr. Hilden's going to tell you. But coincidentally, one of my clients is Proof Alliance. And I would suggest, Tom, that you go to proofalliance.org. They were actually featured in Saturday's Inspired section in the Star Tribune. This organization fights to prevent fetal alcohol syndrome disorders. And they say no amount of alcohol, as Dr. Hilden is saying, is good. No amount during pregnancy. And they would have some more information about the breastfeeding. But I think Dr. Hilden's advice is good here. Lots of really valuable information at proofalliance.org. So I hope you go there. That's a great tip, Rashini. That really is. Um, And we always err on the side of telling women um, the less is better. And so I would always say to women in pregnancy, zero is the safe amount. Um, I I like that tip of yours, Rashini. That's a great idea. Right. Like I say, it's so rare that I'm going to ever add anything that you have to say medically. No, I don't know about that. This is just one area because they are one of my clients and I'm very uh, close to this information. All right. Cindy is calling from Andover. Hi, Cindy. Hey, thanks for taking my call. A couple quick little things. Um, people who wear a mask under their nose, and then um, if you were tested on, let's say, a Sunday, and you were tested positive, are you contagious on Saturday? Thank you so much. Great question, Cindy. Those are really good. Um, the first thing about the mask under the nose, that doesn't work. Uh, it's not effective that way. Uh, I've seen masks worn up on the head. I've seen them down on your neck. Uh, I've seen them hanging just over your mouth, not your nose. I've, I've seen people wearing a mask and then taking it down when they wish to speak. All kinds of things that are not good practices. It, it needs to cover your nose and your mouth all the time. Uh, the the virus is small. It passes mostly in droplets that that largely fall to the ground, but some of them are in the air. And those droplets um, pass through three places, your nose, your mouth, and your eyes. The eyes are less likely, but possible. Believe it or not, your eyes are a hole into your head. And so those are the three places. That's why we wear face shields and goggles at the hospital to see every patient. I put a face shield on. I look like, uh, you can barely tell what I look like. Um, But certainly the mask needs to be over your mouth and your nose all the time when you're around other people. The other question, if you got tested positive on Sunday, you got a test on Sunday and you were positive, could you have been contagious on Saturday? And the answer to that is yes, very definitely. Um, It is, this is uh, potentially infectious before you had a test, it's potentially infectious before you had any symptoms whatsoever. That's why we need to be especially diligent about avoiding large crowds, 
keeping social distance and wearing our masks. All right, a related text question for you, Dr. Hilden. This person says, both my husband and I had COVID in July. Are we likely to have antibodies? Are we capable of spreading the virus? You are likely to have antibodies. The question is how long they last and how good they are. So an antibody is a small protein that your body manufactures in response to an invader. Um, So you have this invader, the virus, your body musters these little antibody proteins that go and glom onto the the virus, thereby preventing it from, from replicating and functioning. So the antibodies are a natural thing that your body does in response to an invader like a virus. Some antibodies last essentially your whole lifetime. Hence, your measles shot you got as a child is probably okay for your whole life. Uh, They last forever. Uh, Chicken pox, you have those antibodies in your body essentially forever. Others don't last so long. The flu is one of them. That's why we have to get a flu shot every year. They don't last so long. They last a few months to two, three, four, five, six months. We just don't know yet with COVID how long the antibodies last. Um, it's likely they last at least three or four or five months, maybe six months. It's possible they don't last any longer than that, but we just don't know yet. So if you had this thing in July, you probably have some antibodies. The second thing is, are they any good? We don't know how, how well they prevent the second infection yet. There have been cases, rare, but there have been cases when people can get a second infection. So that is still to be determined. The jury's out on that. You are probably probably less likely um, to pass this on to somebody else, but we can never say for sure. So if you had COVID in July, I would assume that you can still pass things on to other people and do the same things we're telling other people, like wear masks and keep your distance and wash your hands. All right, Dr. Hilden, we have lots of texts coming in. It's Sunday, so I want to get to this one from Pastor Jake when we come back from break. To remind people, the number 651-989-9226. We have lots of texts. I want to get to as many as we can. But I'm promising you, if you call with your question, we for sure will get to you. So 651-989-9226. Dr. Hilden and Rashini will be right back. We are back with Healthy Matters. I'm Rashini Rajkumar, along with your host, Dr. David Hilden from Hennepin Healthcare. We are going to get into the flu for sure this episode uh, because we're getting a lot of text questions. But phone and text lines are open on this open lines edition of Healthy Matters. Give us a call, 651-989-9226. Jennifer is holding in Minneapolis. Hi there, Jennifer. Hi, good morning. Thanks for calling. What's your question for the doc? Sure. So I have been hearing a lot about the flu shot, how important it is this year, and to get it early. So, of course, I did as soon as I could get it in mid-August. And then I hear later um, it's going to be a long flu season. You don't want to get it too soon because the effectiveness could wear off. So um, what do we expect that kind of that life expectancy of that flu shot to be? And does it make sense or is there such a thing as getting um, a flu booster shot later in the season? Great question, Jennifer. We are telling people this year, just go ahead and get your flu shot now. Get it in August. If you, if you were able to get it then, do it then. Uh, certainly now. For, for anybody listening now who hasn't had your flu shot yet, you could get it today. <laughs> it is it is time. Um, the idea that the flu, the protection from it wanes as the year goes on is real. Uh, it is possible that maybe next April you're not going to be quite as protected as you are now. 
but the 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 trade-off is is worse we want people to have is protection from flu immediately at the beginning of the flu season and in the next few weeks we will start to see our first cases of flu the good news about and why I wouldn't worry so much about it your protection waning is that the flu season at least is possibly it looks like it has a chance if I qualified that enough that it might not be a bad flu season and there's a pretty good reason for that that's because of covid for all for for all the things we're doing to prevent covid also prevents flu it was interesting last year we were having a raging flu season in January and February. It was actually a pretty bad flu season. And then in March, we all did the lockdowns and the stay-at-homes and all that, and flu went to almost nothing. The flu season got shut off like a light last spring, and that's because of all the things we did because of COVID. In Australia and New Zealand and in the Southern Hemisphere, that's where we monitor the flu. They had an almost non-existent flu season. It was really mild this past winter for them, which was our summer. And so flu might not be so bad this year. So I wouldn't worry about the long-term effects of your flu shot. It is better to avoid getting flu and COVID at the same time. So get your flu shot now. I I don't think you'll even need a booster shot later in the spring. That wouldn't hurt you, but I don't think you're going to need it. That would be a double whammy. I don't think any of us would want. No, you don't want to get flu and COVID. (laughs) They are two viruses. You can get them both. Wow. It's not like, oh, I got COVID, I can't get the flu. Uh Uh-uh. They are different bugs, different organisms. You can get them both and you just don't want to, particularly if you're at at some higher risk. If you're an older adult, you don't want both of them. Get your flu shot. Patty is calling. Lots of calls and texts for you this morning, Dr. Hilden. Patty is calling from Minneapolis. Good morning, Patty. Hi. Um, First of all, I'm really enjoying you on there, Rashini. I have to say that. But um, my question is, I'm diabetic. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, I'm diabetic, and my doctor wants me to get the more powerful flu shot, but every time, by the time I have an appointment, they've run out, and now I'm scheduled out two more weeks for when they're going to get it in, and I'm just wondering, would I be better to get the, just get the regular one now or wait for the more powerful one? I would just get the regular one, Patty. The reason is this. The um, the diabetes, although it puts you at higher risk for complications should you get the flu, it doesn't make you at higher risk for getting it. Uh, uh, it's the same with COVID, by the way. When we talk about older folks and we talk about people with other conditions like diabetes or heart disease or lung disease, you're not, as a person with living with diabetes, at higher risk for actually getting the, those viruses. It's just that if you do get them, you could have a worse outcome. It could be more serious. So the higher dose flu flu vaccine is generally recommended for older adults. People over age 65 will go with it as, as qualifying. You should, if you can get it, get the higher dose. But I've been telling people, and most of my colleagues would agree, get whatever they have. Um, the, the, you're getting the vast majority of the protection with whatever they have. So if it's the regular dose, go ahead and get that. I, I, if you can get it in two weeks, that's, I guess, okay, but it's getting long. I wish everybody would get their flu shot this week, but, uh, I, I would recommend getting just whatever they have. It's a good time to just remind people, Dr. Hilden, that, you know, the peak flu season is usually January, February, but you've just said, get your flu shots now. 
ideally Hennepin Healthcare wants everyone protected by the end of October. Do you just want to do one final, you know, exclamation point on that? Absolutely, Rashini. Thanks. Uh, yeah. The flu is worse in Minnesota and our climates, our, our latitudes, January, February. It takes a week or two or three for your protection to happen. Um, so you get the shot now, so you are fully protected, certainly by the end of October, because that's when it's going to, the invaders start to hit in this time of year, and they peak in January. If you want, I can also point people to our website at Hennepin. Um, it's hennepinhealthcare.org, super easy. Um, and you can get all kinds of information about COVID and the flu and this, that, and the other thing. But if you want to go specifically to this subpage, it's hennepinhealthcare.org slash fluhero. Now, okay, I didn't do that, but it's flu hero, F-L-U-H-E-R-O. <laughs> it's something about being a superhero and getting your flu shot. org slash flu I think you guys have to trademark that, Dr. Hilden. <laughs> oh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tease people in the marketing department or whoever came up with that one. It's I, something, I think they have a little picture of a superhero getting a flu shot or something like that. It's great. As everyone knows, you can hear Healthy Matters Sundays right here on WCCO Radio from 7 to 8 in the morning. I'm so excited to be Dr. David Hilden. New co-host, so you'll hear us together. You can also hear us online, which means you can listen all over the world at wccoradio.com. Which brings me to our next caller. Tom is calling from. He's gone. Oh, Tom! I was going to give a shout out, and I will. Oh, he's back. Okay, Tom from Centuria, Wisconsin, is calling. Tom, good morning. Good morning. What's your question? I'm reading from a medica magazine and it talks about higher risk and it says one of them could be compromised immune system such as from cancer treatment is there a way to check my immune system i had can i had prostate cancer treatment 2011 42 times 42 times tom and thanks for calling in from wisconsin uh the 42 times sounds to me an awful lot like you had radiation therapy. That's what they, for, that's the magic number. Who came up with that number? I don't know. But men with prostate cancer often get 42 treatments of radiation. You are probably at not as high a, a risk as you might think, but here's the big the big butt to that. You did have cancer. You uh, you might be a little older adult. Those are risk factors. And so you can just assume that your immune system is not everything it was when you were a younger man. Uh, there isn't a test to do. There's no blood test. There's no um, anything that your doctor can really tell you specifically about your immune system. So the safe way to go is to assume that someone who had prostate cancer and is an older adult has higher risk. There's no benefit to finding anything else differently. Just by age alone, you'd be at higher risk. So you should double down on everything it takes to stay healthy. Get your flu shot for sure. There's no two ways about that one. And then Stay away from uh, crowded sites. Don't go to a lot of indoor places. The places that are the higher risk for getting COVID are when you're indoors without a mask, close to other people for extended periods of time. Those are the riskiest, the highest risk situations. So indoors, close, without a mask for long periods of time are to be avoided. All right. We are talking 
about a lot of topics because it is open lines today on Healthy Matters. You can call or text us 651-989-9226. And as I said, we are promising to get to all of the calls. There are dozens of texts. We will do our best to get to those. But definitely call and you will get on the air. Uh, We have a lot of COVID and flu questions, Dr. Hilden, but I want to ask this one because it's kind of unique. I actually wish uh, I could say this for myself, but I can't. This listener says, why can't can't I gain weight? Low blood sugar episodes, lactose and gluten sensitive for 10 years since age 11. Yeah, a lot of people actually, more than, than we think, have trouble gaining weight. Um, and, and a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I wish I had your problems. Um, but for some folks, it's a, it represents a medical problem. Now, I can't say for sure why this person is, but it could be, and it should be looked into, um, it could be things like you're not absorbing things from your intestines correctly, especially if you have some lactose and gluten sensitivities. It could be that your body doesn't absorb things. If um, there is a some spe- there are specific conditions, celiac disease is one of them, in which your body is highly sensitive to gluten and it destroys the lining of your intestines, and then you can't absorb nutrients. And so people with celiac sometimes have trouble gaining weight. That's just one example. And so if you are truly have eating a good diet and you are having normal um, digestive functions as far as you know, I would go talk to somebody, start with your primary uh, doctor, and ask her or him to do some basic tests for celiac and for anemia and some other things and see if everything's okay there. If it is, uh, I sometimes recommend seeing a, nut- a nutritionist. Registered dietitians are really good at helping people with food diaries and try to figure out what it might be. I wouldn't just assume that um, it's a great thing that you can't gain weight. If you're really having trouble, do have it seen. All right, we have lots of text questions for Dr. Hilden. Your calls are welcome, 651-989-9226. We'll definitely get to the calls. We'll get to as many texts as we can when we come back after the break, including Pastor Jakes. He's got an issue that I think a lot of people could relate to, and we'll have Dr. Hilden address that when we return. We are back on Healthy Matters on this October 4th. Rashini Rajkumar with you, along with your host, Dr. David Hilden from Hennepin Healthcare. We have this text from Pastor Jake, and then we're going to get to our calls. We have many calls and texts at 651-989-9226. Here's what he says. Hey there, I'm a pastor who serves four churches. I preach at four churches on Sunday. I never sleep well on Saturday night despite sleeping meds. So I rely on five-hour energy and coffee on early Sunday morning. This is probably not healthy. Any suggestions on sleep tips and a good source of energy in the AM? What do you have to say to Pastor Jake, Dr. Hilden? Pastor Jake, four services a day. Uh, that's impressive. Um, yeah, yeah, the five-hour energy drinks, they contain a um the main thing they contain is caffeine and probably what's in a couple cups of coffee. Then they contain a whole host of vitamins and other things that probably are benign. In other words, they're not going to harm you. I don't know what they're doing for your energy level as there wouldn't be a lot of science behind any of it. But the thing in there is caffeine. And caffeine is not, I'm going to say this out loud, is not thought to be all that dangerous in smaller doses. So it's probably not dangerous to take one of those. I wouldn't do three of them. Then you're going to get into higher levels because higher doses of caffeine do cause headaches, withdrawal, nausea, um, jitters, heart palpitations. It can cause a lot. So I do suggest that 
if if it's the way you get through one of them on a Sunday morning and that's all you're doing, that's maybe okay. If you're getting into the habit of two or three of them or you can't get through your week without taking artificial stimulants, then that's a problem. I would work on 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 a sleep on sleep hygiene. Go to bed at the same time every night. You might try melatonin about dinner time, not at bedtime, at dinner time so it has a few hours to work. I would make sure there's no blue lights in your in your bedroom. Get rid of screens. Don't be on any screen within an hour or two before you go to bed. Uh, don't um, perhaps don't exercise right up till bedtime. Sleep in the same place in a dark room. Don't use your bed for any activities other than sleep or intimate activities. Don't use it for reading. Don't use it for watching TV. Those are all things we call sleep hygiene. That's I would such, try those all are such those good things. tips, and we could all do them. But Pastor Jake may go through a little withdrawal, right? I mean, he's just been doing this week after week. Uh, he could crash if he tries your sleep hygiene all at once this next right. week. Yep, I get, I do this. I drink too much coffee. Let's be honest, and I get caffeine <laughs> headaches and withdrawal type of symptoms if I stop. My next day, if I miss a day of coffee, I'll have a raging headache. That's not a good thing. So taper the whole thing off, but and don't do more than one of those things. Just one of them is probably adequate. All right. So, Dr. Hilden, we are running out of time. I want to keep our promise to get to all the callers, and then we'll try to do a fire round for the remaining short amount of time we have. Mary is calling from Atwater. Hi there, Mary. Hi. Um, A college student has been quarantined to her dormitory. She has tested positive with COVID. Is it okay for other college students who have also been um, tested positive for COVID. Is it okay for them to be together or should they keep separate? It's okay, Mary, for them to be together if they're all positive. It's still, you don't want to be passing too much back and forth. Some of them might have a mild illness. Some might be more serious. So they should keep their distance. But that's what we call cohorting. If people are all positive, they can be together. Certainly, nobody, nobody, nobody else should be in the room with them. Okay, we are going to try to get through these texts. We have about two and a half minutes. We'll do uh, some sort of fire round here. So, Dr. Hilden, here we go. All right. Listener, how effective do you think the flu shot is? I've heard from 2 to 60%. That's about right. Flu shots are, they're, they're usually 40 to 60%. The two is not accurate, but they are about halfway protective. So if, if at least half or 60% of the population gets it at that efficacy or that um, effectiveness rate, that provides immunity to, or at least safety to a larger population. So it's about 50%. This person, I am not feeling so well, would like to get a COVID test today. Where would I go? HennepinHealthcare.org. That's one place. We we have some of the best testing capabilities in the state. Um, But go to the Minnesota Department of Health. They have them all over the state from War Road to Rochester. Minnesota Department of Health. All right. And I'm going to quickly answer this one. Someone hoping that my show is still on the air on Sundays. New showtime, Real Talk with Rashini, 9 to noon. Join me every Sunday, 9 a.m. to noon. All right. Should someone who has had COVID and recovered but then been around someone who currently has COVID self-quarantine? Yes. Um, if you have recovered, um, you can still, we don't know your susceptibility to get it again. If you had it last summer, three months ago, you could get it again. I would always quarantine away from anybody who is exposed or, or has it. Yes. 
Okay, this is going to be the last one because uh, we are totally running out of time. Now let me find it because it was a good one. Do cholesterol and blood pressure increase as we grow older? If yes, why? What can we do to lower these without going on medication? Blood pressure gets higher every year you age. Um, something like 70, 80, 90% of 80-year-olds are going to have high blood pressure. Your blood vessels are like pipes, but they're muscular pipes. So when you're young, they're like a garden hose. When you're older, they're like a metal pipe. So yes, um, you can do lower salt in your diet, better eating, exercise, but most people will eventually need medications. Cholesterol, the same way. You can use diet and exercise, but if it's too high, I would recommend some type of medications, but, but every person's different. So just go to your doctor and have those checked. All right. You get a 10 out of 10 this morning on the very graphic visuals you are giving us. Um, the garden hose versus the metal pipe. I love it. Well, Dr. David Hilden, Hennepin Healthcare's Healthy Matters. It has been just a joy being your co-host this morning. I'm looking forward to all our Sundays ahead. People can join us from 7 to 8 and then give people the website if they want to get to you between now and next Sunday. Yeah, it's been great being with you, Rashini. Thank you for joining us as our co-host Sunday mornings. Go to hennepinhealthcare.org for more information. And you can always go to my blog site, which is myhealthymatters.org, myhealthymatters.org. Keep it healthy, folks. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.